Welcome everyone, I am Michael, your host for Depaganizing the Gospels. In this episode, I will be presenting notes from the depaganization of the testimony of John, chapter 1. For those watching and listening who are returning audience members, I am glad you are here. I can honestly tell you that the task of depaganizing the testimony of John has been the most difficult of all the Gospels to depaganize because it is mostly a paganized fraud. That's right. The Gospel according to John is not the testimony of the man who was a disciple of Jesus Christ. The heretical author of this testimony was a poser, an imposter, and the Antichrist who created this text during the 4th century AD. Only small portions of the text may have actually been fragments of the original testimony written by the Apostle John. Pagan heretics and European Catholics have concealed the truth about this text because they ironically lack humility to admit their error. But I will expose their fraud in this fourth part of the podcast series. Get ready for a roller coaster ride of revelations. Get ready for the apocalypse. Get ready for the second coming of Jesus Christ. The first note is about the creation of chapter 1, beginning from verse 1 up to verse 19. In the beginning there was only God, and God made all that is in the universe. The word of God was given to man, but man perverted it with lies and deceptions. So God sent a man, the Christ, named Jesus, to deliver the eternal truth to mankind. The Holy Spirit was God from the beginning. Through God all things were made. Nothing in existence was made without God as Creator, who made all things possible. In God there is life, and this life is the light within men. The light of God shines in the darkness of pagan deception, and that darkness becomes exposed by God's eternal truth. There came a man who was sent from God. People named him John the Baptist, but he was Elijah. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light of God's eternal truth, so that through God's Holy Spirit all men might know God and be forgiven for repentance of sin. The man people called John the Baptist was truly Elijah, returned to the earth in the flesh. But he was not the Christ. Elijah came only to be one of the two witnesses to the Christ. Enoch, the seventh man from Adam, was the second of the two witnesses. The true messenger of the one and only God who gives the light of everlasting life to every living thing in the universe was coming into the world. The light of God's eternal truth had come into the world, but none of the world accepted it. Christ came to those who were his own, but even his own did not receive him. Yet to all who have received him, to those who believed he was the chosen one, He gave them the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born again in God's Holy Spirit. God never becomes the flesh, but God's Spirit dwells among us. God is Emmanuel. We have seen God's glory, the glory of the one and only God, in a man who came in the name of the Father. And Elijah testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. From the fullness of his grace we have all received the blessing of God's Holy Spirit. For the prophet Enoch foretold of him, and the laws of God's commandments were given through Moses. The message of repentance and the gift of everlasting life in God's Holy Spirit came to all mankind through the teaching of Jesus Christ. Only the chosen have seen God, Enoch, Elijah, and now Jesus are at the Father's sight, who has made them known to all the world in these words given to another messenger who writes them as God commands. 
Now this was Elijah's testimony when the Jews of Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. The original passage in the testimony fraudulently attributed to the Apostle John has been omitted and replaced with a depaganized version as dictated for inclusion in this updated version of the testimony by the Holy Spirit. By the power of God's gifts of the Holy Spirit, this text will be exercised of all its demonic curses for the benefit of mankind, and those who worship the Antichrist will become exposed for their crimes before Almighty God. Upon conviction of their crimes, God's holy archangel, Raquel, will impose a punishment upon those sinners and heretical Catholics, the likes of which are too horrible for any man or angel to know or speak. As it is written, so shall it be, saith the Lord. One of the most important corrections made in this depaganized version is the replacement of the name John the Baptist with the name Elijah. John the Baptist was Elijah, and the real apostle John knew this because he had seen him speaking with Jesus on the mountain during the transfiguration event. Jesus even told his disciples that they had known Elijah as John the Baptist. The next note explains the omissions of verses 20 through 21. The original passage said, They asked him, Then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Finally they said, Who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? Okay, this passage has been omitted for being a pagan fraud of false testimony, and the statements were clearly ignorant of the truth. Jesus said that John the Baptist was Elijah, and denial of this fact by anyone is the same as saying that Jesus was a liar. The purpose of the dialogue is to reveal the truth as though it were a lie. All throughout this testimony, the truth has been told as though it were a lie. A heretic took the truth and altered it to appear as though it were a lie. The correction in this depaganized version of the testimony will replace John with Elijah throughout the entire text. The next note explains an omission from verse 24, which now says, Now some Pharisees. The phrase, who had been sent, has been omitted as a relevant text that has no grammatical purpose without the clarification of who sent the Pharisees. The phrase is grammatical proof that editorialization of the original text occurred, which resulted in the missing antecedent of the doer of the action implied in the passive voice construction. It is only by conjecture that the identity of the authority that sent the Pharisees to question Elijah may be known. The next note is about verse 25, which says, Questioned him, Why do you baptize with water? This question about the purpose of the baptism has never been answered in the text of the Gospels. But the purpose for baptism in water is to symbolize the cleansing of sin from the earth by the great flood of Noah's time. Jews of that time would have known the relative purpose for baptism and its relationship to the great flood of Noah's time. True representatives of the Jewish faith would not have asked Elijah the question. It is very questionable that Pharisees were even involved in questioning Elijah about what he was doing. And it is relative proof that pagan heretics proposed this question because they were ignorant of the history of the Semitic people living in Judea. While baptism is the symbolic act of repentance, the complete immersion in water is the only acceptable act of repentance that will allow the person to receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Sprinkling droplets of water by hand or by the use of a magic wand is not baptism, and no person who claims baptism in this method will receive the Holy Spirit in a second birth. Complete immersion underwater in the cognizant act of repentance in the name of God, who is only one entity, is the only acceptable form of baptism. One cannot receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit without baptism in water in this manner. The next note is about the omission of verses 35 through 36. 
The text said the next day John was there again with two of his disciples when he saw Jesus passing by. He said, look, the Lamb of God. The passage has been omitted as fraudulent and a blasphemy created by a pagan heretic. The injected statement had the purpose to support the pagan ideology of human sacrifice for the forgiveness of sin. The false theology of Catholicism is based upon the ideology that Jesus was a sacrificial lamb. Jesus Christ did not die for the forgiveness of sin by being a human flesh and blood sacrifice. The ideology of a man becoming a pagan sacrifice is not the message of Jesus Christ. And the teaching of flesh and blood rituals has always been pagan and satanic. It has been the Antichrist and the demonically possessed who have created the fraudulent theology based on the pagan practice of sacrifices throughout the text of the Holy Bible. God does not require any type of sacrifice for the forgiveness of sin. Jesus Christ was murdered by pagans and heretics. The next note is about the omission of verse 41. The omitted verse said, The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah. The text was an obvious anachronism. Jesus had not yet performed any miracles or spoken to anyone in the sequence of events presented in this version of the story. It is not practical or even sensible that Andrew would have told his brother that Jesus was the Messiah when he had only known him for a few hours. Much of this testimony follows the same illogical and anachronous presentation of statements fraudulently created as being spoken by various persons and Jesus. They are easily identified as fraudulent editorializations and they will be removed to depaganize the text. Now, the next to the last note for this episode is about a correction for verse 42, which now says, Andrew took his brother Simon to meet Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Peter. The passage has been corrected to reflect the grammatically correct and sensible telling of how Andrew introduced Simon to Jesus. The last note for this episode is about the omission of verses 43 through 51. The passage admitted was a completely fraudulent editorialization which had the intent to falsely create a premise that disciples called Jesus Son of God from the very beginning. The omitted reference to ascending and descending is evidence that the pagan heretic who wrote this text knew that he was creating this curse. Angels who descended to earth were the fallen angels, the sons of God, who rebelled against God. Jesus ascended to heaven after his resurrection, and this event angered Satan, who was the fallen Son of God. The author of this text knew the book of Enoch, but chose to blaspheme God because he was Antichrist. All references to Jesus being the Son of God are Antichrist. Well, that is all for this episode. Be sure to subscribe for notifications of new releases. Thank you for listening. I am Michael.